Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. This is episode 95. Uh, so happy to have you guys listening or watching. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, I just want to remind everybody, if you're not subscribed already, please subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes for podcasts or on our YouTube channel, Apex Vaulting. Um, on the YouTube channel also, and for the people who are just listening to the podcast, you can kind of dive into that channel. We have a library full of drills and instructional videos. So for anybody who's a coach out there, or even an athlete who kind of has to coach themselves. A um, lot of great videos on there that can take you through progressions of drills and, and systems that we use at Apex Vaulting. Um, also, before we get started, you know, if you want to follow us on social media, it's The Real Apex Vaulting on Instagram, and we're just Apex Vaulting on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I kind of actually want to start with the Twitter. Um, so I saw someone tweet something the other day and I, I retweeted, um, you know, with everything going on, uh, right now, uh, you know, with, I'm sure everybody's heard plenty of stories with college track, high school track is pole vault competing is pole vault not competing. Um, I saw someone, uh, post, they're like, stop canceling track meets. Uh, for no reason. Some of us want to compete in college. <laughs> and um, one of the things, so I retweeted it and I said, colleges are struggling with enrollment and have no issues having kids on campus, but then aren't allowing students to compete. I, I think this is a huge issue right now. And I understand everybody wants to do things in the safest way possible. Um, but the thing is like, you, ha you have no problem ha having the kids on campus but then you're not allowing them to compete and do the things that they want to do. And this is across the board. This isn't just a pole vault thing. This is just a, a, a sports thing on campus. And then also, I think this is a larger issue for colleges just overall. From what I'm seeing at the various colleges that my club members uh, go to, the schools that have the highest enrollment are the ones that somehow have figured out how to have in-class uh, classes, no virtual classes, and are finding ways for their sports teams to actually compete. Um, even if their conference is canceled, um, they're going out of state to compete. They're, they're just figuring out ways to get the kids uh, to do the things that they want to do. I mean, to me, I don't know, college is a huge investment, huge investment. And I think for a long time now, and I, I'm really big on this as a club coach, um, you know, you got to go to college for the right reasons. If you're going to college because it's going to really help you move on in life, it's going to get you a degree or the skills that you need for, for the major that you want, for the career that you want, I think awesome. Um, but that price is getting higher and higher every year. And the fact that especially in a year like this where everybody's gone through what they've gone through, if someone is deciding to go to campus, that means they want to take part in all those activities that the college has to offer. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's silly. You know, the, these colleges are very, very nervous or, or worried about enrollment numbers and they want kids to dorm because they want that dorm money, but then they're not allowing them to do anything. You know, and meanwhile, it's like down the road, you know, from the college, there's probably a restaurant open, you know, there, there's other businesses that are, they're finally opening in most states, um, you know, and the colleges are deciding not to do anything, which I think the colleges have an advantage because especially staying on campus, you know, you, you can kind of control that situation a little bit more. Just my two cents, especially also for the colleges that are financially struggling, I think you want to keep your clientele happy. So you should probably figure out what to do um, for, those, for those kids. Um, 
I don't know, it's just a, a crazy, crazy situation. Um, I, um, I want to go to questions that I've gotten the last couple of weeks. Um, one, I just want to thank everybody, not only who listens, but now that are starting to send in questions, they're great questions. And any way that I can help anybody out there, that's what I want to do. And so I'm going to go into the questions. I unfortunately didn't get a podcast in this week. It was just super busy at the club. Um, one and one of the things that I think is a positive, especially at this time, I know for some people that are worried about what's going to happen with pole vault in New Jersey, you know, we're, that's the state that I'm in. Um, I am having high schools reach out to the club. We we started a rent a coach program a couple of years ago where it, it's hard. We, we all know with track and field, you know, you might have two or three coaches on a high school staff. Those coaches have to do all the events. So it's really, really tough to go out and pay a coach um, to just coach pole vault because a lot of times we we really specialize in this event, you know, and even the coachings, the coaches who work with the pole vault, they really know the pole vault. They're not maybe that schooled on some of the other events. So to spend um, all that money uh, just on one coach for one event, um, it doesn't make sense. And so I, I, from hearing what I heard over the years in my communities that I, I work with, you know, it's like everybody wants a pole vault coach. Everybody wants a pole vault coach, but they can't find one. And so what I started offering is a rent-a-coach program. So schools pay Apex $100 for the day, and one of our coaches goes out to, uh, to their school. We even bring poles if need be, and we coach the kids. It's a great, great program. It introduces so many more people to the sport of pole vault, which that's one of my big goals um, is to grow the sport. So a lot more people get a chance to try it. That also is a great way to introduce the the students to the club because a lot of times we've gotten kids who have enrolled for summer session and then fall session and they end up being a year-round member um, because they they met us and tried out pole vault at the rent to coach program and fell in love with the sport. And so now they come to our club. It's also really great for our relationship with the schools that we deal with. Cause I know for a lot of people who are listening out there, there's sometimes a little bit of animosity between club coaches and high school coaches. And if you want to kind of break that down by offering this service, now they see you as a friend. You're, you're someone that can come on campus, help them out, help their team out, help show this to, to all the kids on their, on their team who want to try it and build this event for them, um, you become a real, real asset, you know? Um, so I think, I think that's a great, great step that I'm seeing in the state of New Jersey where, you know, schools are thinking about doing this. They want to start, you know, getting kids jumping again. They want to get even outside people to come into the school. They still want that. Um, obviously there's all kinds of, you know, restrictions and things that go into that, which that leads into our first question. So, um, I just, don't want to misquote anyone or miss anything in the question. Um, so someone emailed me and yes. Okay. So this email, it's from a coach from California. He goes, uh, I see the podcast will now be weekly and you're looking for questions to answer. Here's mine. What should I do to make pole vault practices safer for myself and my athletes and all our families while COVID is still widespread for the next several weeks? In this part of California, our high school is open with a hybrid learning. Um, for people who don't know, hybrid means that sometimes you're in school and then sometimes you have virtual. Um, I have a lot of teaching friends and they're all going through this right now. Um, so they have hybrid learning schedule <clears throat> and there will be a compressed track season starting soon. 
any posted wisdom on this uh, on this yet from other coaches i can think of all sorts of things we could do masks six feet spacing disinfecting poles disinfecting pits limiting practice sizes uh, but i imagine some are more effective than others so i would prefer to just get the low-hanging fruit and not go crazy Trust me, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, all the teachers and kids have to go through the COVID symptom checklist every day. They'll be on campus. And our vaulting is strictly outdoors. So while COVID can be spread, it is a lower risk than at an indoor facility. Um, you know, great question. I, I think, um, especially if you spoke to me in June before we reopened the club for the first time, um, obviously I was, I was very nervous. I was very nervous. Um because I want to do the right thing, I, you know, and here's the thing. Again, I'm a pole vault coach. <laughs> um, not a doctor. I'm not an expert. Um, so I, I think, one, this is like a case-by-case basis, you know, depending on what state you're in, what region of the state you're in, um, you have to abide by certain rules. I think certainly, like what you're talking about, um, I always explain, like when when the athletes first started coming into the club, I said, "Look, guys, you got to remember the runway's marked. It's very easy to keep six feet apart. You know, um, the other thing is like our floor is basically lanes and lanes and lanes and then turf. So each lane is three and a half feet apart. So I'm like, if you're two lanes apart, that's six feet. You know, and we limited numbers. You know, um, normally at apex." Um, you know, before uh, COVID hit, we could have double sessions. We never had more than 10 kids per coach, but we have two pits. Um, Our facility is 5,400 square feet. Um, So with two pits, 10 people per pit, 20 20 athletes plus two coaches. Um, And a lot of times there might be someone from the session prior still lifting. So we could potentially have 30 people in the building. Um, at the same time. So I decided, and I'm still doing this now, we're keeping it single sessions. Um, We're not using both pits. Um, We're using one pit at a time, one coach, and no more than 10 athletes. That's what we're doing. Um, I I think that, you know, initially, yeah, we were like spraying down the poles all the time and all that stuff. And again, I'm not an expert, but the more information that's been coming out, like that's that's really not a big deal. It's not the surfaces. This is not how people are contracting this. Um, plus, you know, I got to be honest, a lot of the stuff that you spray on the poles, like it's fine, but it's like kind of ruins the athletic tape and, you know, kind of shreds the poles. And I'll be honest, I haven't been on top of that. I'm starting to retape poles now. Um, but it's going to, it's going to wear on the athletic tape and you may have to retape. And especially if you're, I mean, I feel like I used to be more OCD about this, but if you're especially OCD about how the poles look and the athletic tape, and if you have markings, you know, you're going to want to be retaping those poles maybe every two weeks. So I I don't know if that's, you know, if it's not required, I don't know if you really want to do that. I think the fact that in, for the person who asked the question, the fact that you guys are going to be outside, you could definitely limit numbers and it's very easy on a pole vault runway with tape measure out to know whether you're six feet apart from someone. You know, now, obviously, if you have like a brother and sister, they came together and I don't know, to me, I'm not going to, I wasn't like super, super overly strict. Like if brother or sister came in, they're standing close to each other. I'm not going to yell at them. Like that's not, I don't feel like that's my place. You know what I'm saying? Like they chose to come to polo practice, you know? Um, but I think you have to also, besides whatever regulations you have in your area, I think just kind of like what I was talking about with the colleges, I think you have to know your audience. 
you know, what do your athletes want? What would make your athletes feel comfortable? And I think if you listen to them and see what makes them feel comfortable, what makes you feel comfortable, I think that will help you make the best choices for your situation. Because it's, it's really hard for me, who I'm in my situation, and I have particular things going on, um, for me to be like, hey, steps one, two, and three, follow that. It's, it's not going to exactly work like that. You know, um, look, it, it kind of goes for coaching just in general, like whether it's drills or workout programs or, or whatever, um, you know, it may work in a certain environment. It may not work in another, you know, and you have to figure out what your system is going to be for your situation. But I think, you know, the simplest thing is like limiting the numbers, you know, you guys are outside, you know, and you mentioned the masks and everything, you know, I, I think that that would go a long way. And, Again, whatever makes your your people feel comfortable. I think I'm going to add one last thing on this question, though. And I'm, I'm very, very honest and I'm very, very clear with anybody who contacts me about coming into the club of what to expect and what we do. And I always remind people, you know, you got to kind of read the person and be like, listen, if you are not comfortable, don't come in. You know, you don't have to come to pole practice, right? Like if you don't feel comfortable, you don't want to come in please don't rush back. You know, even when we reopened, yeah, I sent an email out, but that was it. Like I wasn't calling clients up. I wasn't like trying to get people back at practice. Like you have to let people make that decision for them. You know, I think everybody through this time period has made their decisions of what they want to take a risk on, what they don't want to take a risk on, when they're ready to take on a new risk. Um, and I, and I would say that through the time period of people coming back, I will add this too. um, the first time I think you're going to be a little bit nervous. The athletes are going to be nervous, you know? Um, but as you know, practices start and you guys start, you know, jumping and people are coming in and it, uh, you know, it's You're going to feel better about things, you know? Um, but again, I would just, just do what's going to make everybody comfortable, do what's going to make you comfortable and, um, you know, and remind people like, look, if they're not ready, they can wait, you know? Um, heck I, I, when COVID first hit, one of the first things that, that we did, uh, Calvin Hartman, um, one of our coaches, he, you know, he made an at home workout video. It's, it's on, on our YouTube channel. It actually has like over a thousand views and stuff. Um, it's one of our more popular videos, but like you could always just send your kid that and be like, listen, if you're not comfortable, come back yet. Here's some stuff you can do at home to get ready, you know, and when you are ready, Hey, I'm ready for you, you know? Um, so I think that's, that's super important. I think if people know that you're trying your best, uh, in, in this time and you're trying to do what's right and, what there's not, not really much else they can ask for, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I hope that helped answer that question. Um, obviously if, if you want something more in depth, please email me, reach out. Maybe we can even get on a phone call. We could talk about it, you know, if you have any more specific questions, but that was great. And, you know, definitely something that I think a lot of people are going through. Um, so next question, let's see, where do we want to go? Um, yeah, let's, let's go with this. Um, being people starting practices again, um, I got a DM on Instagram. Um, this person says, you've always been so helpful and I really appreciate it. Well, 
thank you. I'm, I'm glad I could help, man. Um, here's another question, please. I have a very young set of vaulters this year, talented multi-sport and multi-event athletes, but with the exception of one oft injured senior, we'll be starting basically from scratch, which is fine. Any helpful ideas for that scenario would really be appreciated. Thanks so much, coach. So great question. I think for a lot of people, even if you have kids that have vaulted in the past, you still kind of are starting from scratch. Like if you're starting practices now and they haven't jumped in a whole year, um, I think you got to ease into it. Um, I'll tell you a personal story. This is for me, me personally. Um, I often just because I'm so busy coaching, like I try to stay on top of my workouts, always work out and train. Um, and I know this is going to be bad. I really don't do a lot of explosive stuff because I just, I don't know. I, I like lifting. I want to look good. So I, I tend to lift. So I do a lot of like slower stuff and I do, don't do enough explosive stuff. So every couple months, you know, you know, I'll find some time and I want to start jumping again. And wouldn't you know it, I'm jumping okay. And then I pull a calf muscle. <laughs> And it pisses me off. And this, this has literally been a nagging injury for the last six months. I'm just so angry and I'm so over this calf injury, right? But what I would say is, especially in your situation where you're saying that these athletes are very talented, you know, they're just, they're kind of starting from scratch. Um, sometimes even just doing something differently, right? Like even if they were like a really good basketball player, now jumping into pole vault, it's a little bit different muscles, right? They haven't been using their upper body like that, you know? So there could be things to strain. So I always think starting slow is a very good way to go. Um, I have a saying, it's uh, the slower you go, the faster you get there, right? I want everybody to think about that. The slower you go, the faster you get there. Now, some of you may say, Bronco, that sounds silly, <laughs> but Here's the thing. A lot of times when we're in a rush, especially when we're training athletes, right? It's like, wow, you know, this guy or girl looks really good. You know what? Like I was only going to do threes and fours with them today. Let's go back to a five. Let's go back to a six. And all of a sudden we're taking more and more jumps. And that, that's how you get that calf strain. <laughs> you know, that's how you could tweak, you know, a lat muscle, you know, whatever, whatever the, the muscle is, you know, it's like, um, you know, you can create an injury because now all of a sudden you've gotten to a rush. And when that person gets injured, well, now it's going to take a long time. They got to recover first, then they got to get back into it. Whereas if you went slower in the beginning, well, now you're going to avoid that recovery time from an injury, you know? So I, I always, you know, in the summer when my athletes came back and, and again, at the club, we have a, a huge, uh, wide variety uh, of athletes, right? You have very, very young athletes, um, very new athletes. And then you have people that have been jumping for years and training year round for many, many years. They have a lot of training years. They don't take time off, you know? So it's like we have the cross section, but knowing that no one was vaulting for so long, I mean, the club was closed for over four months. Um, when they first came back, I mean, this is exactly what I did. Uh, we did some drills from a one. We did takeoff swing to a sit swing to the belly, you know? So flyaways as some people call them. Then we went up maybe two grips from there and then went to a two, started doing full jumps, gripped them up a little bit, no plant, just overhead carry. Then we went to a three, full jumps. 
I did that for about three to four sessions like that before we started going back to further approaches, making sure nobody felt any injuries, no muscle tightness, you know, no joints bothering them, you know, get a little bit of work in. And, you know, with three to four practices like that, depending on how often you practice, right? Like if you're going two to three times a week, that could get you through two to three weeks of kind of like building up um, uh, their GPP. Um, so for those of you that didn't listen to a podcast I did with Calvin Hartman, right? When we talk about training, you have GPP and SPP. GPP is general preparatory phase. That's getting y- your body just general fitness to be ready to do specific, right? Specific preparatory phase, specific work. So specific work is literally in the pole vault. If we want to be really, really specific, it's your full approach vault. So by doing those drills from a one, doing a little bit of twos, full jumps from a three, we're starting to get the body acclimated to be able to do more intense pole vaulting, you know, further approaches. So that, that would be my advice. I think, I think if you, if you stick to a program like that, you know, you're going to get them ready and, and don't be in a rush. I I mean, even today, um, I'm recording this on what let's say February 27th. Um, this is the day of like that Adidas nationals meet which I found odd. There's championship section of nationals and they just have open divisions of any height that can go. Um, but a- anyway, what, what I thought was interesting is like, I mean, I, I constantly see this is like people are running from seven left, you know, as a female to jump like nine feet, you know, and a boy is running from seven left to jump like 11 feet. To me, we're adding a lot of speed to this equation and we don't have a lot of skill I mean, those heights can be done in much shorter approaches. You know what I mean? And in fact, a lot of times you add all that speed, you know, when you're starting from scratch, you add all that speed. Now, all of a sudden, you know, technical things are breaking down that once that person starts getting good, well, they're going to have these bad habits. It's going to be really hard to break, you know? Um, so I think starting slow, slowly getting them back, you know, I've, I've never uh, been worried or upset, especially for like, dual meet season if we're talking about high schools like dual meet season if if a kid's going from four or five laps like that's fine that's fine you know what i mean like and actually advanced kids who could do a seven or eight left i'd sometimes have them at a three just because like it's gonna be tough to get jacked up for a dual meet if there's no competition so it's like that way they can try to pr from a shorter run so i i would never rush into it and you know what if you if you ease in like that um you'll find you'll get somewhere way quicker than you thought you know those talented you know athletes that you're talking about that do multi-sport multi-events if you go slow like that you might be shocked at what they can jump from a three or a four maybe a month or two months from now and then when you do go back to a five six seven left wow they're going to get some really great results um so that that's that's just how i would view that situation you know again Every, every question that I'm answering, guys, if, if, I, if you feel like there's something missing, please, please hit me up. I'll, I'll try to expand on it. Um, so next question, now this gets a little bit more specific, um, again, about coaching athletes. Um, this coach says, I have some athletes that we work uh, four or five lefts into a sliding box teaching proper hand placement uh, in pushing the pole away from the body as they plant. When we make the transition to the pit, the obvious challenge is planting the pole in the box and therefore their hands plant lower. Many kids break their left arm. 
any advice on how to work on this transition or videos you'd be willing to post help make this a more uh, successful transition? Thanks. Great question and a lot of things to go over with this.